He is wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, worship team. You're amazing. So, a couple of things um, before. Uh, I've kind of like always wanted to ask this, but I, I, I somehow I keep on forgetting. And then we had an a, a elders training with Andrew this week, Friday and Saturday. And I landed up behind two people. So Friday, it was behind Steve. Never put yourself behind Steve because you can't see nothing. He's so tall. And then I thought, okay, let me move. So I moved a lot. I'm going to land up behind Ryan, lead elder of Durban. What I think of it? Yeah. I saw less. I thought, yeah. So here's the question that I want to put to you. I know we stand down here because we don't want to be elevated. Uh, but I need to tell you, it frustrates me when I can't see who's talking. Does that frustrate you? Okay, now you don't want to, now you're quiet. <laughs> So all I'm asking, is it okay with us down over here? Or do you want us rather up there so you can see? You just want to listen. Okay, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure that that was clear. And um, so that's why I always kind of put myself to the front of a meeting so that I can see. <laughs> so um, I had your back. but um, <laughs> It's Father's Day. Can I ask all the dads, will you please stand? All the dads, will you stand? Okay, so I'm not going to pray for you now, but we're going to bless you. We've just got a little gift for you, and um, I'm not too sure how you're going to consume it, um, whether you're going to do it at midnight or whether you're going to do whatever. That is all up to you. And... Um, but what, before you get home, is your family not here? <laughs> no, is it? <laughs> okay, so just something a little small because you know what? You're special. But here's, here's the thing, and while they're giving it out, I want to tell you the fact that you are male and that you are a dad means you are fulfilling God's purpose, God's destiny. But here's the next thing. We're living in a world... That is undermining men in every single way. And I want to challenge every one of us as men and as fathers. Don't allow the world to paint you with a brush. Allow the word to paint you. Because God needs fathers to stand up. He needs fathers for the next generation that will carry on the fire and the glory of God. He needs fathers that will demonstrate his heart to the next generation. And if you and I as fathers are not in his presence, allowing ourselves to be painted and saturated with him, what have we got to give? So tonight is aimed at dads, fathers, but what I'm about to share is relevant for everyone. So moms don't go to sleep. Ladies, so has everybody got one? Okay, cool. You hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Wonderful. God bless you. You may be seated. We're going to. So here, here's the thing now. I'm asking us. We're going to pray for all you dads at the end. Um, because I really feel that, that it's almost like tonight we're in a funnel that God wants to focus a lot of things on things because God wants to do something unique in your life. The enemy has stolen from you, and, and some of us have allowed ourselves to position ourselves on the back foot, and God wants to move you to the front foot. You're going to have to get more noise here than this before the end of the meeting. I want to drink this one that I've already started. So, God chose a father for his son. God chose a father for his son. We have three passages of Scripture that we're going to look at. First one we found in Matthew chapter 1. We're going to pick up from verse 18. Then the next one's from Matthew 2, from verse 13 down to 15. And then we're going to pick up from verse 19 again. So, I need you just to keep on listening. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a man and a uh, and being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. I want you to listen 
to the words that the Bible uses about describing Joseph. And her husband Joseph got there, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will be a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife and knew her, and not until she had given birth to a son, and he called him Jesus. Verse, chapter 2, verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother. And flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose up and took the child and his mother by night to depart to Egypt. And remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Down to verse 19. And when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and he took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in the city of Nazareth. That, was, uh, that what was spoken by the prophet might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarite. So today's Father's Day. And so talking to dads, but talking to everybody. You see, God chose Mary to be the mother of his son Jesus. And when we read the story, Joseph is kind of like tagged on. But what we must remember is that God chose Mary and Joseph. Joseph is not lesser here. Because Joseph had a role to play. Even though God was Jesus' real father, he had an earthly father that he needed to influence and to train Jesus in certain things. And so God wanted a father for his son too. And any man can be a father. And you can father a child, and that's very, very easy. But not very many men are fulfilling the father role in the son. In children's lives. And if you are single here and you're a single parent, I don't want you to feel hopeless in your situation, though, because I want you to tell you a little bit about my story. And my dad died when I was nine. So I've grown up without a dad. My mom never remarried. But here's the most amazing thing that, and, and I don't know how I got there, but I did is that I always would look for father figures in other people's lives in the thing that I needed. So my brother-in-laws, when it came to certain uh, things that I needed in my life, some of my brother-in-laws became the, father, the father's voice to me. And then in other things in my school life, another one of my brother-in-laws became a father's voice to me. And in my sporting career, it, 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 there was another one that became a, a voice to me. And when I got born again, the pastor's voice became a father to me. So I want to tell you that it's not hopeless if you're single. I salute you as a single parent. And I'm asking you, will you continue doing the most amazing thing that you're doing? Don't give up. Is life difficult? Yes, it does. It's very difficult. And you, you, you know... My mom never worked her whole life. There was nine of us kids, so she couldn't work. Well, okay, she, her, her work was just trying to keep us alive um, and keep us out of mischief and all those kind of things. And um, so when my dad died, she had to go and find a job, but she wasn't educated in anything. I mean, my mom got married, I think, when she was 16. So it, it's like craziness. And so what happens is, so she just found anything. So she walked at a, at a till in a shop and then eventually became a cook matron at a hostel and, and all those kind of things. And, and there, wasn't, there wasn't enough money to pay for stuff. 
And the day I finished school, she said, son, I love you very much, but I can't look after you. There's the door. <sighs> it was hard. But you know what? God's always been faithful. He's always been faithful. He's looked after us. He's made a way. And, and I mean, I, there was so well. I had to just take what came. You know, I get scared when I hear some of the people saying, you know, they don't want to work for anything less than the 20,000 rand. I'm thinking, my goodness me. My first job, I earned 150 rand. And the crazy thing is my rent was 500. And I had to learn to trust Jesus from the very beginning of my life. That's why I sometimes I had to walk to work. But I didn't walk three blocks. I walked 10 k's to work. So as tough as life is, God carries us through those things. And I want to say to single parents, God will carry you. When you're hopeless, I want to tell you, the Bible says he's never left us. He's never forsaken us. He is there. He's a call away. Will you cry out to him? In the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, will you say, God, make I don't know how this thing's going to work. And there's sometimes I think, I think, Jesus, how did, we, how did I survive so long? And the answer is because Jesus is real. And he never leaves. And he never forsakes. I wasn't a mistake. Even though I was number nine, I wasn't a mistake. Because the Bible says that God plans every single one. Every single one. And the reason why I'm saying this is because as dad, sometimes our children kind of like are very different. And, and, and we have to, let me, let me tell you the challenge that I have right now. As, a, as an old school brain, the way that Joel does school today, I'm thinking, what are you learning? Because there's maths and English and da -da. Now they've got social science and I don't know what do they call those crazy things, subjects. I mean, it doesn't fit into my brain and, 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 and everything's on technology. And I've had to learn to adjust my perspective. To the situation. And I want to say to us as, as dads, as parents, that we can change. I'm going to say that again. We can change. Don't get stuck in 1960. You can change. You can adapt. You, you can, I'm not saying that we must, we must, we must just sink in, just suck in all the things that the world are doing. No, but there's certain things. I have to change my perspective in life. I have to. And when it comes to parenting, you need to understand, I have to change my perspective in life. That I don't have to allow my son to go through all the hard things that I went through as a, as a, as a child because I don't want him to experience that. I want him to experience the goodness of God. I want him to appreciate things. I want him to learn to obey. I want him to learn to hear the voice. He's been on a, on a youth camp this weekend, and, I, and, and he was almost about to arrive home. That's why Shirley's not here. And, um, and I'm interested to hear what happened. How did he experience the Lord? Because they've been sending us little videos and whatever, and I'm thinking, my son's come home broken and tired. So in Romans 8, 28, it says, in all things, God works for the good. Let's watch my time tonight. And so let me look at a couple of things about Joseph. Joseph was a loving man. The Bible doesn't tell you and I as, as dads and as, as husbands, love your wives without giving us the capacity to do it. Can some woman say amen, please? We have the capacity to do it, but some of us have been trained in another way. We, the, our example, our role models. Remember, like my dad, was not, he wasn't born again. So he, he, there was no role modeling of Jesus. In fact, we, we didn't, while my dad was alive, we weren't exposed to Christianity at all. Everything happened after that. And so there was nothing to go back to. On, on, on role model. And so that's why I've had to take father figures from different places to help me in certain things. And we as, as dads, we can learn from others. Amen. So, Joseph was a loving man. Number one, he was loving towards Mary. The best thing a father can do for his children is love their mother. 
If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But it's not always easy. Uh, let me give you an illustration. I'm scannering a lot about Shirley tonight. So um, pray for me when I go home. If she's listening to this recording, I'm in trouble. <laughs> but we, two, we got two totally bad, different backgrounds. I come from a background where we didn't have anything. She comes from a background that, that she really didn't struggle with anything. And, and, and I was born Zimbabwe. She's South African. And it doesn't look like there's much different. But I'm telling you, there is like North Pole, South Pole difference. And we had to find each other. And what might seem strange to you right now, but when we got married, the first five years of marriage was hell. We fought. We, in fact, I need to tell you honestly, I had, my love for Shirley died. And I was prepared to walk away. Now, yes, I'm in the ministry. And I've never heard God's voice audibly. But I, I almost sense God will ask me one question one day. What is it? And I want to ask every single one of you. What is it that drew you to your partner? What were the qualities? Why did you see in them that they could be your partner for the rest of your life? What was it? Go and write it down. Remind yourself. And here's the question that God said after that. He said, her life is like a building that has imploded. How many of you seen a building that implode? It's a mess. But that quality that you saw in her, that you loved about her, is in there somewhere. And you can walk away from this thing, and I'm, I'm sure nobody will hold it against you. But you have a choice, either walk away or go dig through the rubble and find the very thing that you love about her and bring it out of her again. For the next two years, without any love in my heart for her, I chose to do that. We've just celebrated 32 years of marriage, and I'm so glad. I am so glad we did that. That is not even my notes. So, so the best thing a father can do is love a child's mother. So remember in Matthew 1.19, Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. Can you imagine the smashed dreams? Remember the culture? I mean, today, divorce seems to be like just part of life. In that thing, it was something that was shunned. In fact, so much so that, 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 that there was harsh consequences to that whole thing. And to, can you imagine the revelation? So, so Joseph's not in the picture of what God's doing right now. Here's the next thing. Surely myself are so opposite. That, but when I see us work together, I am so grateful for her because she fills the gaps that I have. And that's why marriages are normally extreme opposites. And then you've got to work that thing out because you clash more than you work together. Getting quiet in this place here. Can you imagine the shattered dreams that Joseph had? The disappointments of what Mary had done because he didn't know. See, the penalty of adultery in the Old Testament was death by stoning, even while they were engaged. And the Bible tells me that Joseph was going to do it secretly so that he would not expose her, a man that loved. But before God spoke to Joseph, Joseph didn't have um, any vengeance or bitterness in his heart at all. Otherwise, he wouldn't have wanted to do it secretly. What an amazing man. And I think we as men can learn that. Can I say that, that we get bit bitter over, over many things very quickly? Let us be quick to forgive. Let go. Don't nurse, rehearse stuff. Let it go. Let it go. That's why Ephesians 5.25 it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid his life down for it. Husbands, love your wives. Be the example to your children of how to love. So Joseph loved Mary. Number two, Joseph loved Jesus. Joseph loved Jesus. Even though Joseph wasn't his biological father, Joseph adopted him and protected him from the, the hatred of Herod. Cared for him, provided for him, taught Jesus his trade. He adopted the one that the rest of the world would reject. Amazing act of love. 
today, men, men, many men abdicate their responsibility and their roles as fathers. And being a father is more than Agassi Bass. It's more than I bring in the money. In 1 Timothy 5.8 it says, but, any, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his, the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse, than, is worse than an unbeliever. So God puts a big responsibility on us providing for our families. He gave us that role. And so he was loving to Mary. He was loving to Joseph. I mean to, to Jesus. Number two. He was a devout man. He was sincere in what he did. I, I'm saying these things because I, I really, as I was praying for this weekend and concerning fathers and that, I really felt that God wants to shift something in ours. And I'm really praying that, that after this, we're going to go into, we're going we're to sing a song. And, I, and I'm really trusting God to shift something in us. So he was a devout man. A, he was a, a man who obeyed God. He was a man who obeyed God. Can we say that we are men that obey God? You see, again, if it's easy, everybody would be doing it. Obeying God's not easy. Can you think, just think about the things uh, that were, not things, but, but sometimes God, God says to Abraham, leave where you are and go where I'll show you. He doesn't tell him where he's going, he says leave. He says, I'll show you. So he gets him to start the journey. You see, and, and, and especially in the world that we're living right now, where, where we look for security. So, so our whole move as a family, leaving where we were and coming to Josh Jen, we, we, we left with no guarantees. But somehow we sense God was in this thing. <laughs> do you want to be nervous? Go and do that. Yo, 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 yo. And you land, and then everything is different. The, Cape, the, the culture in Cape Town is different. The whole church culture is different. You've got to reprogram your head. You've got to try and work out how everything works now. You've got to try and find your place. You, the, the thing that did, used to define you now, I mean, that's not even around. Those are real things. So to obey God in those kind of things... It's possible, but it's going to take something from him. So he openly or boldly followed the Lord's leading and direction. So again, he hears that Jared wants to take out Jesus. So he leaves. He leaves everything and goes to a foreign land. He didn't follow his own marked out plan for his life. He wanted God's plan for his life. And I think that's the number one thing for us as husbands and as fathers is to want the desire that God has for our family. When God spoke to Joseph in a dream, he said, take Mary as, as your wife, he obeyed him. When God spoke to uh, take Mary and Jesus and flee to Egypt, he obeyed him. When God said, it's okay, now head back home, he obeyed him. <laughs> I think if Shirley knew the road that we would walk uh, when, she, when I asked her to marry me, I think she would have said no. In 33 years of marriage, we've moved 22 times. I'm even tired of moving now. So I thank you, Jesus. I'm staying in one place now. <laughs> We're tired of this packing up in boxes and what are all that kind of stuff. So number two is he was a man of faith. So we're talking about he was a devoted man. So he obeyed the Lord. Number two, he was a man of faith. You see, it takes faith to uh, unpack your bags and head off, or to pack your bags and head off to a foreign country. I've moved from Zimbabwe to South Africa. I will tell you, it's a big. So, for Adam, guys, I'm telling you, I, I, my jump wasn't that big, and um, but I'm telling you, the culture shock and everything else. The only hope that you know is that God's in this thing, and so we we will make it. That's it, because everything is different. So you must know that when we were in Zimbabwe, we didn't have Woolworths, Spa, da, da, da. we had Macy's and all those other places. So now you've got to try and find out where do you buy food? Where do you, how does everything work here? It's like it's crazy. Things that you don't think about. But they, 
there. So anyway, he was a man of faith. You see, it takes faith to move to where God says go when it doesn't make sense in your head. That's why God says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And it comes to a place where we just really radically need to obey. Don't, don't obey. Make sure that you, you've heard God in, in sense of submitting to leadership and that kind of But it takes, eventually, you're going to have to walk that road. Nobody's going to walk it for you. Therefore, your heart has to be in it. Your head has to be in it. He told Abraham to go. And here's the thing. Do you want your children to serve God? Are you scared to answer the question? <laughs> Do you want to see your children serve God? They need to see you serving God. They need to see you serving God as the number one in your life, not as the add-on. <laughs> Remember reading a story of a farmer who had toiled over and, 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 and was going to be a bumper crop. And it was a crop that he badly needed. Um, because there was a couple of years of crops failing. And just a few days before it was due to be harvested, a freak wind and hailstorm ravaged the property, and the harvest was lost. And the man stood with his little boy looking over the fields that had been destroyed. And the boy expected his father to curse in despair. But instead his dad began to softly sing, Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. When we are down, it's when the rug has been pulled out from under us. That's the time that our children are watching because they need to have direction for their life. And you and I, as dad, are going to set that. Going to set that. See, and a devout man, he was a man who was faithful in the spiritual duty. He led his family by example. The Bible says that he would go to the temple. He would take them there. He would go to the feast. Everything that was set out, he was the man that took them there. I want to challenge you men. Will you be the, will you be the barometer? No, no the, the, not the thermometer, the thermostat. Will you be the thermostat in your home that sets the temperature of godliness? Will you be that one that says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. In Luke 2, 41, every, it says every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast and the Passover. Another little story, a little boy was playing, uh, and on a Sunday morning while his dad was in the lounge chair reading a newspaper, and the father said, son, get yourself ready for Sunday school. The boy asked, are you coming with me today, dad? The man replied, no, I'm not coming, but I want you to hurry up and get ready. The little boy said, did you used to go to Sunday school when you were a boy, Dad? He said, I most certainly did. And as he walked away, the little boy mumbled, yeah, and I bet it won't do me any good either. You see, our children are watching our faithfulness. Our children are watching us when we are under pressure. Our children are watching us when society and, and, and we're socializing with our friends. Our children are listening to our language and our conversations. <laughs> I find it absolutely amazing. Joel's in his room. We're in our room. We are talking very quietly, discussing things. And then he says, what's that I'm hearing? I'm thinking, how does your ears hear those things? So Jesus was a loving man towards his, his wife towards his son, towards his whole family. And secondly, he was a devoted man, a man who obeyed, uh, uh, was obedient in faith and faithful to his spiritual duty. And third, he was a wise man. Joseph was wise because he lived as one that redeemed the time. You know, we don't have a lot of time. I'm thinking right now, my son's just turned 15. And I'm wondering what happened to 15 years? Like that. The scary thing is when I kind of like think of my age, I'm thinking, what happened to all those years? I remember when I was a teenager and I saw somebody who was 30 and I thought, man, they're over the moon. I mean, they're really like old and irrelevant. I'm thinking, what was I thinking then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And seeing that Joseph's life was shortened, we don't read about him too much after Jesus. In fact, at the cross, we see Jesus saying to John, your mother. So it looks like Jesus, Joseph wasn't around when Jesus died. But Joseph had used what the time that he had honorably and wisely. You and I, we don't know when our end is. Let's use our time wisely. Let's not waste a day. Let's not waste a moment. When we're driving in a car and we see certain things happening, use it as a conversation with your children. Do you see that? Try and instill something biblical. Use the moment that they're seeing things and try and show them the answers, godly answers in that whole thing. Joseph provided for his family. He set the example and he raised them in a way that connected them to the Lord. See, Jesus was not only the only child. Joseph raised other children as well. And we know of two of them, James and Jude, that wrote books in the Bible. So we can see that he was a, a man that influenced them in godliness. So Jesus, Joseph raised his children in the Lord and left a legacy. Our world, our world desperately needs us as parents to raise a generation that will impact it after us. And here's the deal. They can't run in your faith. They need to rebuild their own. They can't run on the homage of the word you know. They have to get to know the word themselves. How are we creating that so that they can be people that are sitting under the word, hearing the word, seeing the word in action? How are we as parents, dads especially, doing that? I'm going to give you some of my shortcomings right now. So I didn't do very well at school. If I could go back in life and change a lot of stuff, I would, but I can't. So that's why redeeming the time here is kind of like an important thing. But reading was very difficult for me. In fact, I don't think I read one book. I always would listen to, I would always ask the guys, please summarize everything for me, and then I'd try and remember, then write the test, and then fail. That's how, kind of like we did it. So um, in my whole career, school career, I was at the bottom, the lowest grade that there was for my age. That's where I was. Basil was the, like the full stop at the back, kind of keeping things up. So how Jesus has done what he's done in my life, only he knows. So because I didn't like reading, and I didn't want my son to grow up that way, when he was tiny, we started to read to him every night. And you know, it's amazing that even to now, if we get home late, and, and I know that he's late, it's, tomorrow morning's going to be a challenge to get to school and all that kind of stuff, or get out of bed. He says, Dad, you haven't read to me yet. You haven't read to me yet. We can instill certain things. So here's two things. It has helped me. And it's put a love in him. Of me and him. Time. We can change things guys. We don't have to. We don't have to redo the mold. We can break the mold. And we can bring godliness. Into this. So are we. Are we redeeming the time. As we come to land. Can I ask the worship team to come up please. Are we redeeming the time like Joseph did. Are we making the most of every opportunity that we have. There. Can, can I put. Can I put this to you. Every parent that's sitting over here, you see all your mistakes, right? Am I talking to the right people? Because I have a lot of them. And, um, but here's the deal. For your children, you're the best parent there is. Please say amen. Even though you don't want to admit it, you are the best parent for your children. Why? Because God chose you for them. He chose to bring them through you. So you're the best parent that there is for them. Don't abdicate that. Don't say I'm not qualified. No, you might not know everything, but you can learn. Yeah? We can learn. If I don't, if I don't find whatever, I can, I can hang around. The Steves that do it well, and the Carls, and da 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 Go and learn. Ask. Don't be embarrassed to, to talk about our failures. You see, we are so more interested in what are people going to think about me than learning. Let's not do that. 
Let's rather learn. Let's not make the same mistakes that maybe our parents did. We're not perfect, but we can learn. Let us not be victims of our past, but let become people that overcome. We don't want to. You see, here's the deal. If you keep doing the thing you're doing, you're going to keep getting the thing you've got. And if you're going to raise your children like you were raised, you're going to keep getting you. And if you're good, then praise God, do that. But if you're not good, then change something. Do something different. Are you okay? Are you still here? Choose to be a godly branch, a godly influence, a godly example. And that doesn't come from doing the minimum. That comes from giving your whole heart and soul into what you do. Be the dad that God said you can be. Everything he's written down in his word is possible for you and I. We just must want it. We must want it more than anything else. The Lord just uses anybody who will put up their hand. And we can't go back and change what we've done wrong. But we sure can draw a line in the sand and say from now on, things are going to change. And I don't know where you're at. But I, I, I want to change. I want to be a better dad. And here's the deal. What I'm getting, you see, they, they say hang around, hang around people that, you know, kind of like older kids. So I hang around the older kids because one day your child's going to be a teenager. How do you handle them? Only the Lord knows. <laughs> Everything changes. You don't know how their head works anymore. And, you know, and I was trying to think back, was I like that as a teenager? I suppose I was, but... I didn't see it. So before we go into worship, there's a video clip that I want to show you. It's very short. It's from the movie Courageous. I don't know how many of you have seen it. I want you to listen very carefully. And then we're going to go and we're going to sing, we're going to worship. But here's the thing. I'm trusting that when we worship, the prophetic is going to be released and we're going to speak words from heaven over the fathers tonight. Is that okay? Okay? Can I ask you to throw the video, please? Shutter, shutter, While not everyone welcomed his methods, on the ice huh? the team responded, making a late season run and capturing a division title. That's definitely not treated players like container of toothpicks simply a sink of nothing left but could always get a little bit more i think that's the rugby game <laughs> talking about a title <laughs> that's the advert if it's not a place to go and get something please but i forgive tell me. you that as a father you are accountable to god for the position of influence he has given you you can't fall asleep at the wheel, only to wake up one day and realize that your job or your hobbies have no eternal value, but the souls of your children do. Some men will hear this and agree with it, but have no resolve to live it out. Instead, they will live for themselves and waste the opportunity to leave a godly legacy for the next generation. But there are some men who regardless of the mistakes we've made in the past, regardless of what our fathers did not do for us, will give the strength of our arms and the rest of our days to loving God with all that we are and to teach our children to do the same. And whenever possible, to love and mentor others who have no father in their lives, but who desperately need help and direction. And we are inviting any man whose heart is willing and courageous to join us in this resolution. In my home, the decision has already been made. You don't have to ask who will guide my family, because by God's grace, I will. You don't have to ask who will teach my son to follow Christ, because I will. Who will accept the responsibility of providing and protecting my family? I will. 
Who will ask God to break the chain of destructive patterns in my family's history? I will. Who will pray for and bless my children to boldly pursue whatever God calls them to do? I am their father. I will. I accept this responsibility and it is my privilege to embrace it. I want the favor of God and his blessing on my home. Any good man does. So where are you men of courage? Where are you fathers who fear the Lord? It's time to rise up and answer the call that God has given to you and to say, I will, I will, I will. Men, I put that as a challenge to you. Will you be that? Father, will you be that, Dad? Will you be that? So I want to ask all the men, will you come, especially dads, will you come to the front, please? I don't, um, and the reason why I'm calling you to the front tonight is because I don't want you to be distracted with other things. I want you, I need you to be in God's presence and make a decision concerning who you're going to be. Who you're going to be. Are you going to be intimidated? by the things the world is doing around us because the world's all messed up at the moment. And if there's ever a group that is, that, is, that is losing their identity, it's the men in the world today. And I want to tell you, God's never changed his mind concerning you. Please say amen. He has not changed his mind. When he put you together, he put everything he needed in you so that you could be that man, that husband, that father. The community that you're in needs you to stand up for godliness. And I'm asking you, will you in your heart tonight as we sing this song, there's power in the name of Jesus. And here's what I found in life, is that if I will make a decision, faith rises in me to be that. I make a decision to be the man that God called me. Faith rises in me. Until you make that decision, nothing changes. And I'm asking you, will you all stand as we sing this? Make a declaration tonight. There's power in the name of Jesus. Come worship team. Thank you. There is power.
sense God showing you chains that have bound you and you've kind of like said well this is just my lot no it's not the Bible says he who the sun sets free is free indeed but you've got to give him the chain so he can break it if you keep holding on to it if you keep putting that as a, as a reset button that you keep going back there it's still going to bind you so I want you to close your eyes forget about everybody else what is the chain or the chains that are bound to you I speak to low self-esteem right now I break that chain over men in Jesus name I declare that you will see yourself as God sees you that when you read his word and says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made that your heart will rejoice over that. Every voice that has told you that you're useless, that you're no good, that you're a failure, that you will never amount to much, I silence those voices in Jesus' name. Whether it was an influential person, whether it came through your parents, whether it came through a teacher, whether it came through someone that you respected, I break that chain over your life in Jesus' name. Choose life now. Choose life. Choose what God says. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Guys, can I ask you to lift up your hands, please? To break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain to break every chain to break every chain break every chain every thought that is contrary to God God says the Bible says take a thought captive take it captive take it captive the Bible tells me that the devil is a liar and he's a he's a thief and he comes to steal to kill and to destroy but Jesus said I came that you might have life life to the full you lack nothing that you require to be the man that God said you to be in Jesus name in Jesus name is there anybody that's kind of like sensing something from the Lord right now are holding some of our dads back are those very things that you have done to your children that it's the way that you've spoken the way that you've been with them the thoughts you've had towards them and I think it's the past where you have been the actual the person who has done those things that are that's the chain that is holding you back and tonight is a night where you step forward and you say father would you forgive me you would repent and there will be freedom for you and those chains will be broken very good very good very good i've made many mistakes there's been times i've had to go kneel before joel remember the one time he was 18 months old i did something that wasn't right i went and knelt before him 
and asked him to forgive me. He had no clue what I was talking about. But God allows us to fix our wrongs through repentance. Right now, what comes to mind? Will you, will you ask God to forgive you? And then will you t- determine in your heart that you'll go and just say sorry? Go and say sorry. You don't have to explain. Just say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anybody else? Anybody else? Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. about people next to you. You worry about you. This is a moment that I believe God wants to change a lot of things in us. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Choose to forgive now. Choose to forgive. Let go. You don't have to have lavish language on how to forgive. Just forgive. Say, Lord, I forgive. 
and I let go. One of the greatest tools that the enemy uses against us is bitterness. Keeps you where you're at and you can't go anywhere. Rob you of your destiny. Francois, come and share. Uh, just for myself, I just felt like the fear of man. Um, and Baz always uh, like asking us, what is, what is our chance? And that was just for me. So if that's for you, just pray with me. I just felt to pray. Lord, we come before you, Lord, and um, we thank you for what you've done for us. And it doesn't matter what our background is, with a father, without a father, Lord, we want to do it your way. And uh, we want to fear you more than we fear the man, like man and, and this world and everything that's coming against us as men. And uh, Father, yeah, forgive us for not looking to you, but we want to put you first, Lord, and stick it to the man. I just really sense the presence of God here. And I'm trusting that you you are, are, are allowing the Spirit of God to minister to you. He will never take you beyond where you want to go. He's a gentleman. Will you surrender and allow him to have his way? All is not lost. Father, I ask right now that you would lavish love upon every single one of these men in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Your word says, love covers a multitude of sin. And I thank you, love never fails. And every hard heart will bow and will crumble at the act of love. Thank you. Your word reminds us for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I'm asking you, do you really know Jesus Christ or do you know about him? The call's been out there already twice tonight. But I sense God's moving right now. For some of us, maybe we've never made Jesus Christ Lord of our life. But for some of us, we've maybe let our lives slip. And if we had to answer the question, we're really not serving God anymore. We, we, we know enough about Him to have a conversation. But if we be honest with us, our hearts are not His anymore. And if that's you in this place, we don't want to embarrass you, but we sure want to create the opportunity to fix that because... I believe we're drawing a line in the sand tonight that, God, we're not going back to where we were. We're going forward in Jesus' name. Is there anybody in this place who's saying, I need to fix my life. I'm coming back to Jesus. Will you put up your hand quickly? We want to pray with you. Is there anybody? Anybody? Don't worry about other people. Don't worry about other people. Worry about you. Be more interested in what Jesus thinks about you than anybody else. Make decisions about your life concerning what what heaven requires of you and not what people are thinking. Can you honestly stand before God and say, my heart is yours, God. My heart is yours. I'm not talking only to men. I'm talking to everybody. Okay, so what I'd like to do now is can I ask the families, wives, if the kiddies are there, come. Will you come and stand by your husband? If you are not married or your wife is not here, then we're just going to pair you up with somebody else. Can I share something with you just very good? Just one statement that I, that I trust is going to help you. Young people, come and stand with your parents, please. You, 